Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology. My name is Alyssa Friedland, and I'm thrilled to have contributed to Moms don't have time to have kids. My essay is called, I Diet, Therefore I Am. And what I really don't have time for is binge watching TV. The editor of today's anthology is me, Zibby Owens. The anthology, Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids, a timeless anthology, is 49 authors writing 53 essays on topics that moms don't have time to do. Things like getting sick, seeing friends, writing, losing weight, and of course, sleeping. You'll hear from me about an essay I wrote, and I'll give you a little rundown of everybody else. And I think you all know me, but I am the host of the podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you are listening to right now. I am also the host of Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy, which is hilarious, and you must listen if you haven't already. And I am the co-founder and CEO of Zibby Books, which is a new publishing home for fiction and memoir. So enjoy. And also, all the essays in this collection were edited by Carolyn Mernick. 
who is the author of The Hot One and a former editor at New York Magazine. Well, this is an easy podcast because today's guest is me. (laughs) I don't have to prepare. I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about my new anthology, which comes out today, November 2nd. Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids, a timeless anthology. And it has essays from 49 authors who are best-selling, notable, and award-winning, writing on five different things that moms, but really anyone, moms don't have time to do. Sleep, get sick, see friends, write, and lose weight. I mean, if you have time to do all those things, I will give you a standing ovation right now. But even if you do, and no matter what your own life is like, it is so great to see the world from somebody else's perspective. And that is what these essays do. All of them are written by amazing authors who have been on this very podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And they're opening up their minds and their feelings and thoughts for all of you. I mean, it's really amazing. So For example, Lily King, who is one of my favorite authors who wrote Writers and Lovers and has a new book coming out next week, by the way, a short story collection, if you haven't picked it up. Anyway, she wrote, she sent me an essay for this collection about her daughter and her daughter's struggle with some illness, which I hadn't known anything about. And in the document, it said, you know, the subject... They're not, not the subject. The name of the file was for Zibby. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever that Lily King is sitting there and titling a document and writing this for us, for me. It's just so cool. And it's for all of you. It's for all of you to enjoy. And I'm just so honored to bring the backstory of all these authors into the world. So I don't know. I get very excited about this. There are amazing authors. I hate to like single anybody out, but I'll just read a few names in the sleep category. Alison Pataki, who is a best-selling author for The Queen's Fortune. And oh my gosh, I loved her memoir, The Beauty in the Broken Places, about her husband who had a stroke when she was pregnant. And Cecily Von Zygeser, who is the author of Gossip Girl in the Get Sick section. KJ Delantonia, Reese's book pick for The Chicken Sisters. And Christy Woodson Harvey, a recent new New York Times bestselling author, Lily King, who I just mentioned, Caroline Levitt, Gigi Lavangi. I mean, everybody. Now I feel bad I'm not reading every single name. Maybe, you know what? Maybe at the end of this episode, I'm going just to read everybody's name so I don't leave anybody out. Because seriously, even though some of these authors have achieved more, I don't know, commercial or sales success than others, I think all these authors are amazing. Obviously, so do publishers because they've all done great and had their books published and are beloved. But in terms of people's feelings, there's really no way to rank that at all. And there are no stories more important than any others. And all of them are extremely poignant and probably will hit you in different ways, as is the case often with essays and books. You'll find the ones that you need that speak to you that inspire you, that make you feel less alone. And again, I am just honored to usher these into the world. I also wrote a couple essays of my own in here, and I wanted to just read one of them for you. There are three, but I'll read one, and hopefully this will whet your appetite for more, and then you can get the book for essays from other people like Janine Cummins and Stephanie Dandler and Jean Kwok and Adrian Bankert, Arden Myron, Richie Jackson. They're, oh my gosh, I, okay. Okay, which one should I read? I've written three essays for this book. The first one is when bedtime won't come soon enough. Amen to that. That's in the sleep section. I also wrote click, click, click through my mind in the get sick section. And I wrote something in the writing section. Yes, to all the books I never sold. Well, I want you to get the book and read that because I think that's my favorite one, but I don't want to give it away. (laughs) Okay, I think I'll read click, click, click through my mind. 
And again, if you are listening to this and driving around somewhere or doing the laundry or all the things, go on your phone and buy a copy of this book, please. Is that subtle enough? It would really mean a lot. I think you'll really like it. And you could read each essay. You can read like four or five, six essays in the time it takes you to, to listen to a podcast episode. So I don't know. Think about it. It's going to be really good. I think you're going to be excited. Anyway, okay, here's my one essay. And buy the book to get my other two and all the other essays. Click, click, click through my mind. At first, I just couldn't find the right words. I would open my mouth to speak, and my brain would spin in circles like an unwanted rainbow swirl on a frozen computer. It's in the garbage, I would answer when asked the whereabouts of something in the garage. People's names? Forget it. I would pass women about my age, then my early 30s, on the street. And they would stop and say, Zibby! We would chat and part ways. Meanwhile, I couldn't remember who they were or how I knew them. I even started getting lost. On the way back from running to a drugstore down the block, I suddenly stopped on the street I'd traversed a million times and couldn't remember where I was or which direction would take me home. I just froze on that tree-lined New York City street, cars whizzing past, clutching a white plastic shopping bag, and knew that the cognitive impairment I'd noticed was getting worse. I called my now ex-husband and said I felt like I was losing my mind. He stayed on the phone until I could get my bearings. Admittedly, it was a stressful time. I had three-and-a-half-year-old twins and the terrible threes who didn't sleep at all. We were in a temporary rental apartment with none of our creature comforts while our home was being renovated. The loving nanny on whom I depended, who I loved like a best friend, whose former boyfriend I'd help catch having an affair, suddenly left our family and New York after a cancer diagnosis. She is now fine but never came back to work. I wasn't getting along with my husband. I was out of sorts, depressed, and a bit lost emotionally from not working after decades of academic and professional rigor. I think I'm losing my mind, I confessed to some fellow moms while sitting on plastic folding chairs, watching an indoor kids and sports gym class through glass doors. I can't even form proper sentences anymore. Mom brain, one friend responded, waving her hand dismissively. Me too, another said. Totally, another added. It happens to everyone, a wiser mom with older kids advised. I tried not to worry, but eventually I consulted a doctor who referred me to a neurologist. Suddenly, I was sitting in a wood-paneled waiting room with white-haired octogenarians who shuffled into the exam rooms ahead of me. What was I doing? The neurologist kindly examined me and then ordered a bunch of tests. I went from kids' music classes to having little plastic nodes glued onto my head to assess my brain function, reading Goodnight Moon to sitting in hospital hallways waiting for full-body MRIs. I even endured a 10-hour, multi-step neuropsychological assessment. And I did it all alone, accompanied only by fear. My mom friend said it was par for the course, but I just knew something was off. As I paced in the rental apartment one afternoon, trying unsuccessfully to get the kids to take naps, the doctor called. We found some abnormalities on the MRI, he said quickly. Looks like a cyst of some type on your brain. Probably nothing to worry about. Not sure if it's causing the memory problems. Don't think it's malignant. Probably benign. But I'll get back to you when I know more. Sorry, wait, I said, grabbing a pen and paper. Could you say that again? I had what was soon identified as a colloid cyst, five millimeters, in the third ventricle of my brain. I'd had bouts with headaches years earlier, so I had an older MRI to compare this one to. The neurologist read the report and decided the tumor had been growing rapidly. Brain surgery was quickly on the table. I told my family and some close girlfriends, who all helped me get other opinions. I sent my MRI results to hospitals all over the country. Every single surgeon I spoke to recommended immediate surgery as a preventative measure. 
If I waited, the tumor could maintain its quick rate of growth and start having a real negative impact. Suddenly, I was juggling whether a surgeon should go in through the top of my skull or if they could do it non-invasively. Meanwhile, I was managing the move into our new home, the ever-present needs of two wildly different twins, and the rest of life, and I still couldn't keep anything straight in my head. I overate to dull the feelings, getting to the point where all I could wear was leggings with long billowy sweaters, which I wrapped tightly around me. By the way, when I was reading this essay to my daughter recently, she was like, that is all you still wear. So anyway... On my sixth opinion, one I almost didn't even get, I met a white-haired spry neurologist who decided to analyze the hundreds of different slides and slices from my original MRI years earlier, which hadn't shown a mass at all. Unlike the other doctors, he didn't take the radiologist's report at face value. I sat across the giant wooden desk from him, sun pouring in through the window, fractured by white slatted blinds, as he leaned forward toward his computer, slowly studying the images of my brain pre-tumor. I couldn't even breathe. I just watched him click, click, click through my mind. And then he stopped clicking. Aha, there it is, he exclaimed. He turned around the screen, and in the shadow of the images, there was the same new tumor. Now, not new at all. It's probably been there your whole life, he said, studying the image again and toggling between two slides that clearly showed it. It doesn't need to come out. It hasn't even grown. Same size. Probably just a benign colloid cyst, very common. You're 100% sure, I asked. 100%. You can see it yourself, he said. And I could. Had I not seen this doctor, the last stop on my multi-opinion tour, I would have had a variety of eager-to-operate surgeons claw into my head, perhaps destroying what made me, me. What about my memory loss, my cognitive impairment? He looked at me with sad, sympathetic eyes, really seeing me. It's probably stress and sleep deprivation. Get some rest. You're going to be fine. I could barely stand up, flooded by relief. It's 10 years later, and the cyst is still there. It hasn't grown, as my annual MRIs show, when I remember to get them. I still lose my ability to retrieve words when I'm extremely tired. Sometimes I don't recognize friends on the street who clearly know me. I occasionally get lost and disoriented, but my neuropsych test results reflected my already known impaired visual spatial abilities, so compromised that I can literally get lost in my own neighborhood. By the way, and this is not in the essay, but this is why I have some trouble parallel parking and dealing with anything else that requires a lot of visual spatial ability. Anyway, my twins are now teenagers, and one of them sleeps later than me, although I ended up having two more children who still sneak in at night. I got divorced and then remarried. The home re-renovated was sold years ago. My new husband comes with me to every single doctor's appointment and holds my hand in the waiting room. I never even have to ask. My brain remains untouched, thanks to that one doctor who took a little extra time for me. If only I could remember his name to thank him. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So that was my essay, and I seriously can't remember that doctor's name, and I can't even like find it in my inbox. So, but that was a very stressful time in my life, and I look back on it not so fondly. But I am very grateful to that final doctor, and it just goes to show that you just have to keep getting opinions, and you know, you just never know. So I wanted to share that with all of you. Anyway, oh, I told you I would read the list of the authors, but. I just wanted to remind you that this essay was in Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids on sale today. It would be super helpful if you would post about the book on Instagram, social media, tell just like one or two friends about this book and that you're excited about it and that you're excited to hear from all these amazing authors. It's like a dinner party, right? You're like going to a dinner party with all these fabulous authors. So tell someone about it. That's all it takes. One friend to another. That's how books take off all the marketing in the world. If the book isn't good and if friends don't tell friends, the book is not going to take off. So if you love it, which I hope you will, because I really worked hard on it and so did my editor, Carolyn Mernick, who edited all the essays, I really think you'll love it. So please spread the word. And just so you know, here's some more of the authors. So again, as I was saying in the sleep section, Linda Cohen-Leugman, Carla Nomberg, should I tell you their books too? That might take a while. But okay, Linda Cohen-Leugman, The Wartime Sisters, Carla Nomberg, who wrote How to Stop Losing Your Shit with Your Kids, Alison Pataki, best-selling author who wrote The Queen's Fortune. She has a new book coming out soon about Marjorie Merriweather Post and wrote a beautiful memoir called The Beauty in the Broken Places and also some kids' books, Nellie Takes New York and Poppy Takes Paris. Forgive me if I say any of these titles wrong, but you get the gist. Cecily Von Zegazar, who wrote the entire Gossip Girl series and most recently Cobble Hill. Michael Frank, who wrote a beautiful, underappreciated novel called What is Missing? And my essay, When Bedtime Won't Come Soon Enough. And then the Get Sick section. Camille Pagan, who wrote While I Was Sleeping. Andrea Buchanan, Bodies in Motion and at Rest. KJ Delantonia, in Spanish, I Don't Have Cancer. And that's a really beautiful essay about when she got a breast cancer diagnosis and was learning Spanish. KJ is the host of the On Writing podcast and also is a recent Reese's Book Club pick for her Chicken Sisters book. But I also loved her book, How to Be a Happier Parent, or something that sounded very similar to that. You can tell I'm tired based on my essay because I can't remember any words. See, now you know all about me. Christy Woodson Harvey, A Small Shiny Thing. This is one of my favorites only because it's about her grandfather who passed away and a sign that he may leave for her. So read that. Shelly Johannes, I Am Not Broken. Today, I'm Okay, about her chronic illness. She's a children's book author of many books, including Vivi Love Science, CC Love Science, Theothesaurus. Lily King wrote Walls in Our Minds, as I mentioned, about her daughter's battle with Lyme disease. And is the author of Writers and Lovers and Five Tuesdays in April, which is coming out soon, next week, in fact. Carolyn Levitt, With or Without You, and her essay is called Sick Leave, about what happened when she had her son many years ago. 
Elizabeth Lesser wrote My Good Body, Gigi Lavangi, A Son Not My Own, Emily Liebert, My Father Immortal, another the one I just read, then Elizabeth Passarella, Nana's Last Ride. This is this should be a whole movie, this one, Nana's Last Ride, about her picking up her grandmother who had dementia and having to drive her across the country. Susie Orman Schnall, The S Word. Actually, she wrote The Subway Girls, which is what I mixed up with Linda Leugman's book, so sorry about that. Melissa T. Schultz, Sunlight Through an Angled Window. In the Sea Friends section, we have Chandler Baker, we met online, whose new book, The Husbands, and other book, um, this is literally what I would edit out, but I'm not going to edit it out because this is just me. Um, the Whisper Network, that was called, are both Reese's book picks, I think. Adrian Banker is an amazing journalist who used to be with GMA and is now anchoring her own show, and it's called One on One and is wonderful. Lydia Finney, who works at... Christie's wrote Life of Pi, and his, all of these people have all written books that are all amazing. So, you know, Melissa Gould, author of Widowish, What's in a Name, My Best Friends. Nicola Harrison wrote A Gift by the Sea about how she co parents with her ex, which is amazing. Heather Land wrote The Little Pink Unicorn. She's the author of I Ain't Doing It and that whole viral movement. Abby Maslin wrote The Pursuit of Becoming. She wrote a beautiful memoir called Love You Hard. Jean McCulloch wrote Snow and the Night Sky, which is beautiful about a friend who passed away. Malcolm Mitchell, Mission, Quiet the Stomachs. This is a really powerful essay about how he grew up very in the depths of poverty and had to steal food. He's now a Super Bowl champion and started a literacy nonprofit. He is like a total role model and rock star. Lindsay Powers, Let's Just Meet Here Every Day. Reverend Lydia San, I'm here for you. In the write section, Moms Don't Have Time to Write, which also, by the way, is a whole publication I have on Medium, as you probably know. So just go to my website, zibbyowens.com, and click to Moms Don't Have Time to Write, or just Google it or whatever. Amy Agresti, can a writer be too emotional? Asking for a friend. Esther Amini, who wrote Concealed, Beneath the Surface. Terry Cheney wrote Camera Broken, Vision Renewed. She's the author of Manic. And Janine Cummins, the author of American Dirt, wrote In the Time of Corduroys, all about identity and what it means to be part of a given identity and what those labels mean and if we need them. Stephanie Danler, author of Sweet Bitter and Stray, wrote a beautiful essay called Roses. Joanna Hershon wrote The View Out My Window. Her book, St. Evo, was fabulous. Angela Himsel, A Brand New Way. Jean Kwok, Whatever You Write in This Will Belong to You. Jean actually wrote two essays in this collection, and she's the author of Searching for Sylvie Lee. Jenny Lee wrote Life Lessons, Korean Mother Style. Abby Maslin, Called to the Page. She also wrote two essays for this collection. Sarah McCall, The Circular Breast. Arden Myron, I Am the Writer. Rex Ogle, Historias Sobre Mi, Stories About Me. Rex has a new book out right now called Punching Bag. I have an essay in this collection, in this section rather, called To All the Books I Never Sold. Claire Bidwell-Smith, the author of The Rules of Inheritance and Anxiety, The Missing Stage of Grief, wrote an essay called The Reason Behind the Words. Laura Tremaine, who hosts the 10 Things About You podcast and Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, the memoir, wrote a fabulous essay called Clarity Arrived. And then in the last Lose Weight section, Alyssa Friedland, I Diet, Therefore I Am, Richie Jackson, Peloton, and on and on. So for anybody who loves the Peloton, you have to read this book. 
Jean, I mean, book, this essay, Jean Kwok, Mama, Am I Pretty? A heartbreaking and beautiful story about Jean growing up and not looking the way her family wished she would. Brooke Adams, even though she's totally pretty, by the way, Jean, if you're listening. Brooke Adams Law, The World I Build for You. She wrote Catchlight, Shannon Lee, The Anchor, and The Seabird. And Susan Shapiro, The Pandemic Taste Test. And then some very short acknowledgements. I did not go over the top this time like I did last time. I think they're only like two or three pages. And that is it. So come on. It's so fun. Buy the book. Moms don't have time to have kids. And thank you so much for listening, for supporting everything I do on this podcast, for tuning in, for being fans, and just for being awesome. I wish I knew all of you in real life, and it means so much to me. You have no idea that you spend your limited time listening to me talk to authors or read read essays like this one or whatever. It's just such a dream come true. I just started this podcast three and a half years ago, and who knew how it would change my life? It's insane. So I appreciate every single day download and listen, spread the word, spread the word about the book, spread the word about the podcast and keep listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of moms don't have time to read books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at moms don't have time to read books. Also sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.